Praise God once again. It's a delight to present God's Word to you. We're going to continue in our series, Premarital Counseling. And we have spoken on the role of the husband in the Christian marriage already. Now we're going to speak on the role of the wife in the Christian marriage. Before we do so, let's turn to the Word of God. Amen. Let's turn to Genesis. And we read from verse 21 of chapter 2 of Genesis. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, Shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. May God add his blessing to the reading of his precious and holy word. No doubt, marriage is one of the ultimate blessings from God. Sadly, Many do not experience all of the blessings that the Christian marriage brings. Many, no doubt, wonder why their marriages are not blessed like other Christian marriages. The answer is so, so simple. With all blessings that come from God, there are responsibilities that accompany the blessings. Ignore the responsibilities and you will lose out with the blessings of God. Ignore the responsibilities. You will lose out with the blessings that accompany the marriage. Marriage is an ongoing covenant relationship between a man and a woman. Not only is the gender different, the personalities of both man and woman are often poles apart. And therefore, living out the responsibilities that accompany the Christian marriage is vital for ensuring a blessed marriage. For our Christian marriages to experience the blessings of God, we have to live up to our responsibilities. Both the man and the woman have respective roles to play in the Christian marriage. Amen. Now let us consider the role of the wife in the marriage. I gave you, if you noted, if you had noted, the self-same introduction which I had given you in the role of the husband for a purpose. Because one of the laws of teaching is this, is the law of repetition. I wanted that to be deeply embedded into your spirit. Now, what is the first role of the wife in the marriage. Well, the first role of the wife in the marriage is no different to the purpose why God had created Eve. 
Remember, Eve was created as a helpmeet for Adam. God had said, it's not good that Adam be alone. I will create for him and help me. And if you do a word study on the original language, it means an aid, a help. And when you consider why it was necessary for Adam to have an aid and help, we notice that Adam had great responsibilities and he needed help. He needed someone to come alongside of him and assist him. Adam was given great responsibilities by God for caring for the earth. Number one, Adam was told to replenish the earth. And Adam could not do this by himself, and therefore God gave him an helpmate to assist him in replenishing the earth. He gave Adam Eve, and when they joined to get together, as Genesis chapter 4 once says, and Adam knew his wife. He became intimate, he became personal, spiritually, physically personal with his wife. And that is how they replenished the earth. God also said to Adam, subdue the earth. Subdue the earth. And what I feel is meant there, that Adam was to bring the whole earth under his control and his persuasion. And for Adam to accomplish this grave task, God gave him an helpmate, someone to come alongside him and, in, and assist him, assisting him in bringing the earth under subjection to himself. Then God also gave him the responsibility of having dominion over the earth. That simply means control and having persuasion. Adam was God's regent upon the face of the earth. And God gave Eve to Adam to come alongside him and help him to have dominion over as such. Now, the word for dominion, if I remember rightly, is kabush. K-A-B-A-S-H, the Hebrew word. And what it simply means is to conquer the earth. To conquer the earth, keep it under your subjection, under your control. In other words, when you conquer the earth, when you control the earth, the earth will be yours as such. It will belong to you. So this is what God had uh, uh, given unto Adam. He made Adam responsible for the earth, but he knew within himself that Adam was incapable in living up to all that grave responsibilities and therefore God gave him an helpmate. Eve was to be Adam's assistant in bringing to pass the responsibilities that God gave Adam, who was the custodian, the guardian, the caretaker of God's creation. And when God presented Eve to Adam as his helpmate, she, like Adam, was becoming a guardian and a caretaker of the earth. Eve to this very day, that is woman, the wife is the husband's assistant. Now, let us go there to Genesis chapter 1 and confirm what I just said. Amen? Let's always confirm the word. I said to you that the woman today, like Eve, came, comes along her husband, 
and she becomes his assistant. And whatever responsibilities God has laid upon him as such for his family, she comes along and she becomes his helpmeet, his assistant, helping him to bring to pass his responsibilities as such. Now, let us note Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moved upon the earth. This responsibility that God gave Adam was not just for Adam, it was also for the wife. And that's why God created Eve for Adam, that through her help, Adam would bring to pass the responsibilities that God had laid upon him. Now I want you to note very carefully, in verse 27 and verse 28, the plurality. God says in verse 27, He created him, he, him, male and female, created he, them. Both were in charge. Them is plural. And in verse 28, And God blessed them. And God said, Be fruitful and multiply, etc., etc. They were the regents. They were God's representation of authority upon the face of the earth. And Eve, as the helpmate coming alongside of Adam, Amen, was to subdue the earth with Adam. Now, the second role of the wife in the marriage. This is very, very important. The wife is meant to be the companion of the husband. Amen? The wife is meant to be the companion of the husband and the wife of the covenant. Words are powerful. We need to look at the word companion. But before we go there, before we go to the word companion, let's go to the book of Malachi. Malachi, that's the last book in the Old Testament. Am I right, Ian? Yes. Chapter 2 and verse 14. The pages are stuck here together. It's an old Bible. Chapter 2, verse 14. But he say, Wherefore, because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously, yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. Now, like I said, words are powerful. And you know God says that the wife is the companion of the husband. She's the consort the Hebrew word, C-H-A-B-E-R-E-T-A, Chabareth, means that she is the companion, the consort of the husband. Now, what we ought to realize is this, and this is my personal understanding. When I think of the word companion, I, 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 I see a companion uh, as one who's always alongside of you always together in what you are doing. 
And when I consider the modern day world, the modern day world, and the reasons why people divorce, why they divorce, finance, lack of good sex in the marriage, many other reasons. But what I'm saying, a companion is a person that stays with you in the good and in the bad. One of the other major problems other than, 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 than adultery uh, 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 in the marriage is also poverty. When, when things get difficult financially, <laughs> you find that many wives leave the husband. They look for a, 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 a man that's able to provide better for them as such. Now, let me say this. <laughs> a true companion stays with you whether times are good or whether times are bad. They stay with you together in health or in sickness. They stay with you as a companion in wealth and even in poverty. They don't forsake you. A companion stays with you through thick and thin. Whether it rains, they are with you. Whether it shines, they are with you. You know, it's something like this. I'm reminded of the word of the Lord. God said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. What a true companion is God. And God wants the wife to be a companion to her husband, not to forsake her husband. When people turn their back on your husband, when people reject and ostracize your husband, that's the best time to come alongside of your husband and be his companion. When people start hating your husband, you keep on loving your husband. When they ostracize your husband and marginalize your husband, you stand with him and you tell the world, I am with my man and I'm for my man. Amen. You know, it is true and it is sad that you know, we are human and we are prone sometimes to failure. And very often, uh, men would make some horrible, horrible mistakes in life. And when these mistakes are made and the world, the community and even the church turns against the man, <laughs> the wife also cuts herself off and she separates as such. And I, 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 I never for, for, forget the lesson that my brother-in-law taught me, and that is Percival Megram. We were always close. And um, I had to go and counsel him one day, and we got talking and talking and talking, and sad to say, I was giving little boyky Percy a good old scolding. And then Percy said, wait here, Joe, I'm coming back now. I'm coming right now. And he came back with a piece of paper, and he lifted the paper up to me. And he asked me, tell me, Joe, what do you see there? And I said, well, I see a, big, a, a piece of paper with a big, big blotch of, of ink on it. And he says, that's true, Joe. That is exactly true. You are seeing a big blotch of ink upon the paper. But sadly, Joe, that is all what you see. you just seen the blotch. And this is what you're doing. You've forgotten 
about the white sheet of paper. You're not mentioning that that uh, 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 there, there's a white sheet of paper. All you mention is a blotch. And what you're doing, Joe, you're taking one bad thing that I've done, you highlighted it above all the white, above all the good I've, I've done, and like many other people, you're not only now counseling me or scolding me, you're wanting to turn your back on me. You know, I hung my head in shame, and I'll never, ever forget that. What a lesson he taught me that day. And what I'm saying to you, wife, you are a companion with your husband, or rather, to your husband. Jesus said, I will neither leave you nor forsake you. When you're in the fire, when you're in the storm, when you're in the, uh, the, the, the water, wherever you are, when there are afflictions, when there's health, when there's wealth, when there's poverty, no matter what there is, I am with you. And so ought you as a wife to be with your husband, a companion at his side at all times. When the world and the church gives up on your husband, even when he fails, you stand alongside your husband. You know, love at times has to be tested. And when love is tested, and you stand with your man through his dark hour, and you come alongside him as his companion, there's great blessings ahead for you, not only you, but for your husband as well. So you are meant to be your husband's companion. Amen. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Now I've got all my sheets messed up here. All right. You are your husband's companion. We are, you are not to leave your husband, no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation. A companion stays at all times. The third role of a wife in the marriage, she's to love and please her husband. Amen. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 34. The role of the wife, the third role, and that is to love and please her husband. 734. There's a difference, there is difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. Amen. So your duty as a wife is to please your husband. Let's go to the same chapter and read verse 3. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. Amen? Your body belongs to your husband, and the husband's body belongs to you. Placed in each one of you, as I've said so often, is the sexual drive. And only your husband ought to meet your sexual drive. Amen? And only you ought to meet your husband's sexual drive. So you are there for the purpose of pleasing your husband. All that your husband desires in a woman should be found in you. And therefore you should present yourself to your husband as his love 
Amen? As the love of his life. Now, other than that, there's another role that the wife plays, and she plays it, uh, uh, I would say, in the church, and even uh, 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 with her own children, her own daughters, as they grow up. Uh, Titus 2 verse 4 says, Teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, and to love their children. Amen? Because you as a wife all your life has stood alongside your husband as a helpmate, as a companion, loving him and pleasing him. And you've, and you've reaped the benefits of, of all this. You, you qualify to teach the younger ladies of how to love their wife and to please their wives. So God has esteemed you as such. Then the fourth role, your role as, as a wife to your husband. You have to be submissive to your husband. You have to submit yourself to the authority of your husband. Now I know that I always say that husband and wife are equal because they are one. And that's true. Any man who treats his wife as an inferior is an unwise man. You will not do his marriage good service. You ought to realize that she is the weaker vessel. Yes, no doubt. But he always treats her as an equal. And yet there is a divine order of authority. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. The wives ought to submit, and this is why they submit. They submit because it's God's divine order. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. Oh, what a portion of scripture to preach and to teach on. I trust one day I will preach on this, Ian. It says there that the head of the woman is the husband. There's a divine order of authority. God, Christ, man, the woman. Amen. And the Bible says that the wife ought to submit herself to a husband who is the head of the marriage. Now, I want to teach you something that is vital. The Bible says, wife, submit yourselves unto your husband. No. Listen carefully what the Bible says. In Colossians chapter 3 verse 18. Once again, let me repeat myself. Let me reiterate. God, Christ, man, the woman. That's the divine order of authority. But let me say this. And understand it carefully. Man is not above the woman. Man is not above the woman. It's the husband that is above the woman. You can't take 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3 and isolate it. You have to put it uh, 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 in the entire word of God. Amen. And listen what the word of God says. I want to leave out a word and then I want for you to say ah and then I'll put the word in. Wives submit yourselves unto your husbands, as it is put in the Lord. I let out the word. Now here's the word, 
own o w n wives submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the lord amen as a wife please understand it before you listen to this man that man any man every man the first person and truly speaking the only person that you should submit to and listen to is your husband he has the authority over you god has chosen him to be your head and not any other man any man outside of marriage is not your head he's not your authority and it's important read also titus chapter 2 verse 1 to 5 also read peter 1 peter 3 verse 14 amen so submit yourself to your own husband also read ephesians 5:22 wives submit your own to your own husbands as unto the lord for the husband is the head of the wife even as christ is the head of the church amen we've got to bring this fact across you've got to submit yourself to your own husband you know when you submit to other men and listen to what other men are saying you show a disregard to your husband and oftentimes if you are in disagreement with your husband that you cannot conquer please don't run to another man don't seek counsel to another man or from another man you go to the lord in prayer you seek the face of the lord you study god's word and let god speak to you and then go back to your hus husband and then says, look here, we don't agree on this matter, but I want to submit to you. And therefore, let's see what the word of God has to say on the matter. I want to say this, that if our marriages are to be strong, then we must always recognize the, 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 the order of authority. God, Christ, man, and the woman. And when we cannot concur, then we go always to the highest authority. We go to God. And how do we go to God? We consult the word. As a wife, don't go to this man and that man and that man. Because when you go to other men for counsel, you bring disrepute to your husband. They feel that your husband is inadequate. I trust you take that, my dear lady. Amen. Then the fifth role of a wife. She is to reverence her husband. It says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 33, let the wife reverence her husband. What a powerful word. And the Greek word is P-H-O-B-E-O-Phobio, means to frighten, that is passively, to be alarmed by analogy, to be in awe of, that is to revere, afraid, fear, and reverence. Amen. The English meaning for the word reverence it means to admire, respect, look up to. Hmm? Put your husband on a pedestal. Revere him. Revere him. Respect him. Amen. Hold him in the highest of esteem. So show reverence. Respect. Last but not least, your sixth role, and that is bearing children. One of the greatest gifts ever, and that is to bear children. Amen. That's your role 
Amen. Not only to be a wife, but to become a mother. And that the mother of the children of your husband. Your gift that God has given to you. It's a very important role. I'm going to teach on very shortly on raising the children. But before I go there on the next video, I just want to whet your appetite. Remember, your sixth role is to bear children. And as a, a, a wife, you have a responsibility to your husband. But as a mother, you have a responsibility to your husband and your children. And let me just give this responsibility to you through the acronym of mother. M-O-T-H-E-R. Mothers only teach heaven's eternal righteousness. We're going to talk on that. So I trust you were blessed and challenged by what we've shared with you on the role of the wife in the marriage. Simple stuff, not deep stuff. But let me say this, and Ian and I believe in it, that if these teachings are taken and men of God would use it in their premarital counseling, all we're going to do is bless future marriages. You know, some people are married 20, 30 years, and I have a belief what the Word of God says. It is hard to bend the tree when the tree is fully grown. You know, you try and rectify some marriages. They married 10, 20, 15, 30, 40 years. And you know what? If you try and go in there and counsel and try to bring them straight again, you're all going to do, when you bend them to the Word of God, the tree's going to crack. The marriage is going to crack. Not all of it. Praise God, some of them will come right. But I believe the best method of ensuring good Christian marriages is that they start correct. The foundation is set for them. That there's no other way that they build on their marriage but on what we teach on premarital counseling. By the way, not we, the Word of God. God bless you. Have a blessed day. And stay tuned. We're coming back shortly with the raising of a family. Amen. See you later. Amen.